Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Potcotter, and you're listening to Call, Call Talk for February 14th, 2018. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Today's topic is, what's the road to customer loyalty? If you are listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. Email me at alan at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com anytime you choose. And now I would like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Well, today we're going to talk about items of interest to both inbound and outbound centers, focusing on ways to get to the prize of customer loyalty by providing superior experiences and engagement. Uh, All of us in this industry know that loyalty is the prize. It brings long-term relationships, uh, better profits, and according, in fact, to a famous Harvard Business Review article, uh, the most profitable relationships are the ones that are long-term. It also brings great word of mouth for your company and your brand. So providing loyalty-enhancing services requires hard work, technology, and feedback. It's the kind that comes with measuring CSAT, NPS and customer effort. And this is really important and uh, somewhat technical terrain. And that's why we brought in an expert on the topic for you, Bob Kobeck, who heads up Mobius Vendor Partners and Customer Count. Welcome to the show, Bob, and happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> hey, you know, Bruce, thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. I, I'm in, <laughs> I was intrigued by your, your statement that a Harvard Business Review article pointed out the value of an existing customer like we need to be reminded of that. But that was my favorite author, Theodore Levitt. He he produced quite a few really good business white papers. So I encourage everybody to go look him up and check his stuff out because that was one of his pearls of wisdom. Yeah, uh, there were numerous others too. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that. Well, just by way of introduction for you, Bob, and uh, we've known each other for some time, prior to forming Mobius Vendor Partners in October of 1999, so you go back to the previous century, Bob, that's how old you are, uh, Bob had already spent more than 30 years in direct marketing industry and government, and uh, Bob's designed more than 150 outbound telemarketing, inbound customer service, and order processing operations and interactive information systems. How'd you do that in all these years? I'm telling you. Uh, In 2007, Bob and Mobius launched Customer Count, a cloud-based survey solution providing intuitive, real-time reporting and uh, basically designed for the contact center industry. Uh, Bob is a member of the American Resort Development Association, and he's also a longtime member of PACE, which is the Professional Association for Customer Engagement, and he serves as the chair of the Government Affairs Committee there. Uh, Bob attended Holy Cross College at Notre Dame, Go Irish, and uh, Indiana in, uh, University. And um, Benchmark Portal, as uh, Bob knows, has its roots at Purdue University, but somehow we were friends anyway. Uh, I think Purdue won the most recent uh, basketball game, or football game, so I think we've got bragging rights there. But anyway, welcome again, Bob. Hey Bruce, you know I, I'm, I'm flattered that you would consider me a friend. I I had no idea. So I that you know friends <laughs> friends friends usually are quick to buy a friend a drink. I'll see you at uh, the Pace Convention in uh, just outside of Atlanta here in a month or so. 
And okay. I would like to just take a second to congratulate Benchmark Portal for its new relationship um, with PACE and PACE's uh, efforts for uh, to increase the education and best practices inside the call center. So Benchmark Portal uh, is going to be a great partner for PACE, and PACE will be a great partner for Benchmark Portal. So congratulations. Well, thank you very much. We're really excited about this. And for our listeners, in fact, there's a series of webinars that we're doing on hot topics for the, the members of PACE. And uh, we're looking forward to the uh, uh, event that they're going to have, the annual event in Georgia this year. So since it's in Georgia, but since you're a uh, fighting Irish guy, I'll get you a beer. You can get me a bourbon. How's that? <laughs> well, how about if we get me a really nice red wine? Okay, I can do that too. I, I that's, mean, that's, I may be from South Bend, Indiana, but I have some culture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I may be from Connecticut, but I'm Italian, so I mean, I definitely will go for the wine. Well, I, you, I, either way, I'm happy to. I'd be happy to spend time with you. Okay, great. I look forward to it. And uh, well, Bob, you're an Indiana boy. You grew up in the midst of the cornfields. How'd you get into this? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my first soiree was actually in a, in a political campaign in 1970, uh, uh-huh. where uh, I was, uh, I guess, hornswoggled into volunteering in a campaign for uh, one of my mentors, Senator Vance Hartke from Indiana, to work in his political campaign, and somehow gravitated to the use of the telephone and designed and put together uh, what were then called phone banks, and predominantly designed for get out the vote. GOTV effort. Mm-hmm. He won uh, my county, the, the St. Joe County, Indiana. He won that by 4,200 votes. Coincidentally, mm-hmm. there are 4,300 4, precincts in Indiana, so less than mm-hmm. one vote per precinct. And that, that that got me really, excuse me, very intrigued in the use of the telephone as a delivery vehicle. Mm-hmm. And, and, Bob, how many times did you personally vote in that election? <laughs> You still there, Bob? I know you're probably uh, you were catching there we the go. voice there. So. Well, actually, this this that's a that's a very intuitive question because at the time <laughs> you had to be 21 to vote. Ah, and yes. so I could not vote in that election. Ah, interesting, interesting. Okay, yeah. good. Well, sir, some of our younger listeners, that may be a little bit of history for you there. Yeah, you uh, keep in mind that one vote per precinct, and you had to be 20, you had to be 21 to vote. That's uh. That's yeah. quite a feat. Yeah, that but is. The other, well, the other issue is that when I did go to work in the United States Senate, Bruce, I was what was called an FCC and an FTC detailee. So mm-hmm. uh, my uh, liaison responsibilities in the senator's office was working for the FTC and the FCC. And at the time, they were the biggest promoters of this thing called telemarketing. Mm-hmm. Look at all the dial tone it's going to move. Look at the goods and services it will sell. And so when I got out of politics and government, um, I uh, uh, gravitated naturally to the back to the telephone. That's a, that's great, and, and actually, I mean, politics is a great place to learn about loyalty <laughs> and uh, you know how to help to encourage the loyalty. And um, you know, you've you've described uh, loyalty as the monument that's sort of at the corner of a couple of streets. Uh, you know, engagement and um, you know in, uh, and uh, service and experience. And you, I know that you have some paths that you describe in terms of getting to that that would be useful for our listeners to, to know more about. Uh, maybe you could talk about the uh, 
those three paths that you talked to me about? Well, the, the, we as you know, a profession sometimes, we interchange. And we don't confuse, I don't think, but we interchange the words experience and, and engagement. And, and they're, they're different. They're very, very different. One of them is measurable. The other one is, you, you know, you kind of have to push your customers to be more engaged, and there are, there are ways of doing both of those. So when we talk about, uh, you know, the CX, uh, that, that generally means we're going to talk about customer experience. And you don't really hear a lot about, although, it, you know, we strive for uh, to engage our customers. The more we engage our customers, uh, the more we enhance their experience, the greater the likelihood that they're going to remain loyal. That, mm-hmm. to me, is the ultimate goal of business. In my business, we've lost one client in 20 years, and <clears throat> we really are more focused on servicing our existing clients than we are on new business development. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, hats off to you. That's a great record that I'm sure many people on the phone would envy, uh, having lost only one client in all those years. And, uh, well, how do you go about measuring uh, whether you're doing the right thing or not? What are some of the ways that you've discovered or experimented with over the years to, to do that? Well, a couple, you know, a couple ways. You, you know, you're always looking to measure the customer experience. And if you think about inside a call center, we have really sophisticated technology. Um, you know, the technology that's out there, the, the, the uh, on-site or, sorry, the off-site premise um, uh, switches and dialers and, you know, all the technology that we have <clears throat> still relies on that human being that talked to that customer to disposition a phone call. Mm-hmm. They, they called and they really weren't interested. They, you know, I called them and, you know, and my average contact time was 1.5 minutes. Uh, my, you know, uh, my average connect time, my average contact time, we, we use the same metrics, basically, dials, contacts, completes, SPH. And so, but we're always relying on that agent to, uh, to disposition the code, and hopefully that gives us an idea of the experience. And then we have the, you know, the third-party monitoring where we will call back a certain arbitrary number of people that may have called in to try to get their feedback, and or we will listen to, phone calls to determine, you know, what was the quality of that call and do we need to send that person back to training, all designed around the ability of that agent to be honest and disposition of code. Mm -hmm. Then there's the other way to do it, and that is ask the customer. And so, Mm -hmm. like, for instance, in our environment, we have software that asks the customer. It's a Mm -hmm. survey, you know. Uh, yep. It's actually feedback. There's a difference between feedback and surveys, but just for the purposes of this discussion, it's about asking the customer. And there are times when you can ask the customer, match that up with disposition codes, and actually see the gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's more of an intellectual exercise. But what I can do when I'm measuring the customer experience from the customer's point of view is I can find out specifically how that agent was doing. Mm-hmm. Was that agent knowledgeable? Were they friendly? I can measure each key performance indicator and get the news from from that customer. Now, what what have I just done here? One, I've engaged that customer. I've asked them questions. Yep. Um, two, about their experience. 
so I can now use that data to enhance that next customer's experience. I can use it to train that agent. I can use it to, um, I mean, just, I mean, I, I can I can share the information with the marketing department so they can see what people like and what they don't like about your product or your service. Yeah. The yeah. other way is, and it's you know, it, it's really coming hot now, and that is being able to monitor the social media stuff and quantifiably measure what people are saying about you in social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and even in some cases the rating sites like Expedia, uh, TripAdvisor, uh, those types. And so right. you can measure, quantify, measure what people are saying about you and take that information and, and begin to enhance your processes as well and your product. Right. right. Let me take you, I'd like to go into more detail on the social media part, but let me just go back for a minute to the um, agents and the monitoring slash, uh, you know, getting feedback on. And uh, we've talked in the past about the difference between soft skills and compliance. So if you look at uh, the things that your agents are maybe doing a good job on, maybe needing some help on, quite frankly, um, those oftentimes can be you know, separated into one of those two categories. Soft skills, that is to say, how do they interact with, connect with, uh, and, uh, you know, appear to the customer? And then on the other side are the compliance issues. Are they saying the right thing? Are they actually giving good information? Or are they, they may be uh, very happy people who make the customer happy, but then the customer hangs up, tries to do what they're told by them, and it's all wrong. Uh, or they could be there could be compliance issues that actually get you in trouble with the law. Um, so when you think about those two components of the monitoring and measuring uh, for the agents, um, you know what what sort of insights do you have there? First thing that comes to my mind is the word training. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, but you have to know exactly what to train on. As we know, the most expensive seat in the call center is an empty chair. Um, you know, that's the one where you lose all your business opportunity. And so knowing specifics on what to train on. When an agent starts out, I, I don't remember the number, but a couple of years ago the number was $8,000 to get an agent to a telephone to dial tone mm-hmm. from, from, from recruiting through training on the phone. And so you take that $8,000 and you multiply that times the number of W-2s you just sent out, and that gives you an idea what your turnover is. Right. Well, if you change that and go back to investing more and getting specifics on what are the key performance indicators that that person is excelling on, what are they missing on, what the customer find out, if the information was not accurate or correct, um, you need to be able to correct that information. And all that happens when I, you know, you, you, you continually measure to find out and make sure that that agent is you know, that Bob Kobach is on the phone and he knows what he's talking about. Sooner or later, if you send out enough measurement tools, surveys, um, sooner or later you're going to see a pattern. And, by the way, that pattern doesn't take long. When I say right. sooner or later, I'm talking a couple of days. Yeah, it'll come out. It'll come out. Well, and as far as the that... compliance thing is concerned, if you don't uh-huh. have strict compliance training inside your organization and that, and you can't, prove that you have compliance training, I'm talking about the legal stuff now, 
uh, and you can't prove it, if the FCC or the FTC walks in and they see that you don't have written training, they're going to drop a CID on you, and it's going to be real expensive, even if you prove that you're right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Training, training, training. Training, 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 so important. Many of our listeners for this show are uh, basically inbound customer service, but uh, we all need to know about the uh, things that also impact the outbound, which are the ones that uh, could have the most problems with the governmental uh, entities. Um, one of the things I wanted to add, you had uh, three M's. Instead of M&M, you had M&M&M, which was managing, uh, measurement, monitoring, and managing. And uh, with the monitoring, as you discussed it, as you talked about it, I realized there's another M in there, which is mentoring, right, which is uh, making sure that the agent doesn't perceive all this uh, measurement and monitoring as oppressive, but rather as something that is giving them feedback so that they can, in fact, do a better job and that you support them in that. Can you talk a little bit about that from your experience? Well, I can start from – I can start from – you know, maybe a best, a, a potentially a best practice and go work backwards. Um, that is that in some of our clients' call centers, for example, when an agent logs on to their system, the first thing they see is their report from yesterday. How did they do? And they can see whether or not they, you know, what their key performance indicator scores were, and they can see it as it compares to the rest of the team. Typically, the competitive nature in all of us will say, I really scored low on knowledge yesterday. I need to find out what the heck happened. And at the same time, somebody in QA is looking at that and saying, I really need to get with Bob Kobach and train him on knowledge on this particular specific product issue. So rather than take Bob off the phone for two weeks, I could take Bob off the phone for two hours and train him. I get back to training. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and using, I think that, uh, using the information that you get, the measurement information to manage what you get, I think it was Drucker, I think, that said you can't manage unless you measure. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and so you know, Drucker was exactly right. I need to know, and I need to know now. I, I'd like to know. I'd like to ask that customer the question before they jump on Yelp and tell the whole world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think uh, the measure and managing – goes along with the um, sort of the, the monitoring and mentoring in the sense that if you really want uh, those agents to respond to the whole situation and actually get better, then if they feel like they can actually talk to you about, okay, look, I can see where I'm not doing so well. Uh, you're the supervisor. You're the expert. Help me out here. What am I doing wrong? What can I do better? How can I do as well as Jimmy or Joni you know, down the row there? So that I can I, I can get up to their speed too, and, and that's got to be sort of part of the whole equation, don't you think? Uh, well, yeah. I, I mean, it it is. It's a it's a. I mean, we're we are we are creatures of of uh, of, of uh, community, mm-hmm. you know. And they when they see Johnny and Joni and Bobby down the hall, you know. The, of course, the risk you run, and I've seen this happen time and time again. And you know, we as call center people sometimes don't want to admit it, but there are times when we've got people working on the phones and they're just bombing the deal and that's why their numbers are up. Oftentimes that really, that top, top, top person, they may not be quite telling the truth. And yeah. so we've got to monitor, you know, and, and be careful. And we also have to be careful that we pay too much attention 
to the low-hanging fruit, not enough attention to the people that are at the top of the room. And, again, that's where the monitoring, that's where asking the customer comes in. Engaging that customer and helping you make management decisions, it, can, it makes all the difference in the world, including at the agent level. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's talk a bit about uh, customer uh, effort score and CES yeah. and your yeah. your uh, experiences with that. Tell us a little bit about that because I'm I'm interested to hear. Customer effort score uh, works up there along with the Net Promoter Score, the NPS. The customer effort score is a one to seven scale, and so obviously the closer you are to seven, the easier it is to do business. Mm-hmm. So the, it's a simple question. It was easy or how easy or difficult was it to do business with me? So mm-hmm. you want to keep people out of the one to four. You, The people that are four and five are the ones that are kind of, you know, yeah, it was okay. It was fine. And then obviously then the sixes and sevens are the ones that you really like. And you want to get those over 50% if you can. Just like the NPS where it's a zero to 11 score. You want to get your nines and tens over fifty percent. Those are goals. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and, in some, can... and in some instances, the net promoter score is a is a really good predictor of future growth. The customer effort score is a predictor of how am I going to do in an hour from now. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> you you put it that way. And you know, I, I we do know because we've had uh, an expert on talking about both NPS and CES. And there's uh, the usual uh, statistical controversies about how predictive they actually are and whether their their claims can actually be brought, borne out in every circumstance. But uh, what I found is that they're certainly very, very useful in terms of focusing uh, your people and focusing uh, on things that are important. So that's uh, they can be key issues and, and really uh, openers for success for a lot of centers. Um, well, I, I don't. I don't know if the other experts agree, you know, with what I just said. But I do know that we have been asked by uh, merger and acquisition companies. We've been asked by attorneys. We've been asked by bankers and finance people that are in like a merger acquisition mode or bankruptcy mode or you know financing mode. Uh, you know, with clients' permission, of course. Show us their show us their NPS. Because if they're coming back and they're saying, we've got all this great goodwill and we've got a great company and everybody just loves us, and they come back with an NPS score of four, you know, then <laughs> obviously not. Yep, yep, and so, that's right. You know, it, so Wall Street kind of throws their arms around the net promoter score. Do you want to base your business, uh, you know, Tuesday's EBITDA on it? No, I would say not. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. is a good predictor. Right. Okay, let's go back to uh, the social media that you were talking about because that's uh-huh. so uh, important as well and be, becoming more important all the time, and uh, particularly with certain sectors, uh, hospitality, et cetera. Could you just talk to us some more about the social media, uh, TripAdvisor, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, and the sectors, uh, those who may be listening from various, various sectors who may be particularly or should be tuned into those things? The, uh, the 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 difference there's a difference between rating sites, which is TripAdvisor, Yelp, um, Expedia, where you know you're asked to give a score, how you know how was it, uh, and then the social digital media, and that's your your Facebook and Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, 
those types. And so, you, if if you're not if you're not there's so much customer service is happening today uh, through social media that if you're not paying attention to those numbers to that math, then you know you you know people will get on Facebook and they'll say nasty things about you, mm-hmm. and they and they don't care. They're mad, you know, and so. Part of the goal to doing that monitoring and partic- and part of the goal to do the measurement nowadays is to keep them off of Yelp. Let them yell at me. I, I would just much rather have them yelling at me than I would telling the universe that they're mad at me. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to start to monitor the social media, you need to use a monitoring system platform um, that, uh, that, will, that will actually um, – quantify all that information and qualify that information. In in our particular case, for instance, we have we use a we have a text analytics tool. And so anybody that posts something on TripAdvisor for one of our clients, we take it through a a uh, uh, an artificial intelligence tool called text analytics and find out if that's positive sentiment, negative sentiment, you know. I mean mm-hmm. I love Purdue University but they're football team really is terrible so bruce <laughs> what so, is that a positive or sentiment or negative sentiment you know <laughs> exactly yeah uh, and so that's yeah. why you monitor that's that you know that the artificial intelligence today is is so trainable uh mm-hmm. that it will tell you whether or not that's positive or negative based on everything else you said around it right Right. Yeah, let me, uh, a quick story. There's a situation of a client of ours uh, in the ferry business, and uh, there are situations where they found that they were being blindsided by, uh, you know, situations where the the boat would be out of commission, and they wouldn't have been told about it. And so they started to monitor uh, social media on their own. And so they would find out from people around the dock what was going on and <laughs> before they found out from their own operating department. And so they actually uh, would take that information, make sure that the rest of the uh, people in the center knew about it, checked with the operating department to see what the status was so that they could give good information out. And then they, did, they went actually beyond that. They became proactive. So if there were people who were uh, signed up for that ship that might be sailing, say, six hours from then, who might still be at home in a nice warm home instead of out on a freezing dock, they would uh, let them know that this was happening and that they should just stay home until further notice and, you know, there was going to be a five-hour delay or a three-hour delay or whatever it happened to be. And um, they found that this was extremely helpful in terms of their reputation, in terms of their relationship, and preventing what you were talking about, which are those people, you know, hollering and screaming on, on social media because they would find out about it. And they were sort of transparent, and you know everybody understands that uh, a boat or a ferry is going to break down from, from time to time. What they don't like is being really inconvenienced by it beyond what's absolutely necessary. So, anyway. Well, and, uh, and, you know that's that. Be, be, I mean, because of the immediacy, even today, um, you know, somebody that makes maybe just a major purchase in their life, you know, automobile, they just mm-hmm. they just bought a they just bought a brand new nice shiny ford and what's the first thing they do you know they they get in their car and they go online and they just type in there what they just bought and they find out they could buy one for three thousand dollars less down the street <laughs> because it's 
because they're so proud that they bought that Ford, you know. And and yeah. so that's when they get on Yelp. Yeah. Um, and so the the ability or the opportunity to to engage them quicker. I mean, the sooner the better. In yeah. our case, when we're doing, for instance, when we're doing some call center, contact center survey work, we we wait one day just to make sure that you know everything is sunk in. Because mm-hmm. when people get off the phone, they don't necessarily jump on Yelp. However, yeah. we have other clients that we uh, get a survey to that customer before they get to their car. Mm-hmm. So Excellent. it's situational, but speed's the key. Yeah, yeah. That's training. Okay, I, I think Alan has uh, one question. That's all we'll have time for because you're very easy to talk to and the time has just flown by. But, uh, Alan, could you uh, give us the question? Yes, we got a question here from Susan. We are trying to decide whether it is worth the expense to get feedback right down to the agent level. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, I think Susan, that could be my cousin, Susan, so I'll answer it the way that she would expect me to answer it. Susan, it, it, is, it, it, it is more expensive not to. Let's go back to that empty seat, and let's, go, let's, let's combine that with the term that we all just, you know, hate so much, and that is agent burn and agent turn. Uh, if we don't measure that to the agent level, we will never know what's keeping them happy. Also, and keep in mind that the same data that you can use to engage your customers, you can also use to engage your employees. So the deeper you can get into that call center, then the better off you're going to be. And the nice thing is, just like using the phone in general, the, big, the, the greatest value is the accountability of it all. I know exactly how many phone calls I got. I know exactly how many phone calls I made. I know exactly how much time it took. I know exactly what happened. And so mm-hmm. the accountability is what you're looking for so that you can protect yourself against that agent burn, agent turn. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I'd agree. And uh, there's such a huge correlation between agent satisfaction and uh, customer satisfaction, all of it making perfect sense because grumpy agents are not going to make for uh, happy customers. And, uh you know, whereas if they're happy, motivated, et cetera, then they're going to do their very best, uh, and they most want to do their very best. So, Bruce, we've uh, seen some amazing differences between what the agent put down in their disposition and what the customer said. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. They loved me. I hated him, you know. <laughs> That's right. Happy, exactly. sad, hot, cold. <laughs> yeah. 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 This has no, been fun. Even... I've, I, I really appreciate this opportunity, Bruce, and thank you very much. I I, uh, and thanks to all the professionals that are out in uh, the hinterlands that are listening to this because I hope it makes a difference. Absolutely. No, there's some real nuggets in there, some uh, good pearls of wisdom, as always, Bob. So thank you very much for being on. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you at the uh, conference in Georgia in a couple of months. So uh, yep, we'll see pace, each other that, soon. That PACE convention is going to be great. Thank you, Bruce. Okay, thank you. Take care, Thank you, Alan. Alan, anything else to uh, close things down? Thanks again to Bob Kobach and Bruce Belfiore for your insightful discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archived shows and topics at BenchmarkPortal.com. Then click Call Talk where you'll find over eight seasons of this show. From all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready 
This is Alan Pockrider signing out. Have a great Valentine's Day.